And just like that, the boys are back in town. Vito, Scotty, and myself locked in here on another jam-packed edition of the Read Option and a fantasy football special this uh, this week here on the Read Option. One of two pods we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to have something out a little this later this week. I think Scotty and I are going to talk some baseball uh, and the NBA playoffs are right on the corner. But boys, we know with this podcast, we are always football first. And so that includes such things as fantasy football. So before we get into it, how are we? How was y'all's weekend? Uh, you guys got a lot going on. Scotty just bought a house. Uh, Vito, you're all over the place. Cleveland and back getting ready to add to that skyscrape, that skyline out in Cleveland off the lake. How we doing, boys? How we doing? Yeah, Vito bought a house too, man. And so, Vito yeah. bought a house too. Congrats yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Uh, congrats all around. We got a couple new houses in the in the Read Option podcast. We got new studios uh, out there. So look out. Uh, yeah. No. It's it's been it's been crazy. It's been busy. It's been really fun. Um, it's exciting, I think, to just be on the move a little bit, but it feels great to be here with you guys talking football. Always is, man. Always is. And, you know, fantasy football, and we've explained this before on the pod, but I think it's at least worth re-mentioning here that the three of us really got close through fantasy football. It's kind of the thing that brought us together. We did a specific podcast for our fantasy league. Uh, last fall that was a a rousing success amongst our uh, our league mates there in the xfl 3.0 as the the league was in i guess kind of fun funnily named I, I don't know if that's a word but it was a great time and we decided to take it and make it a little more mainstream and that's why we're here and and before we get into some of our projections and some of our rankings here in in this week's episode uh i just want to start off by kind of talking a little bit about like why we love fantasy football to begin with you know because I've, I've often made this analogy. Fantasy football guy is the sports equivalent of stock guy. You know, we all, we all have that one friend who is super into the stock market, right? And he'll come in and tell you all about how, oh man, you got to make sure you get more Amazon and Apple and blah, 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 Wall Street and all this stuff. And if you're not into that world, you don't want to hear anything about it. Like you just have no interest. You're like, dude, shut up and get away from me. And fantasy football is very similar. If you have a group of friends who love talking about fantasy football, you can talk about it for hours. But if you show up to a day drink and you're talking someone's ear off, you know, the meme, the, the video of the guy talking the girl's ear off in the club, you know, if you're that guy, but you're talking about, you know, Alvin Kamara's projected touches and, and you know, opportunity plus production equals, you know, that's just, you never want to be that guy. Luckily for us though, and hopefully for our listeners, you have some sort of vested interest in fantasy football uh and guys give me real quick your favorite fantasy football memory as we get into our rankings and we start thinking about what this year's 2021 fantasy football season is going to look like honestly my favorite memory was beating scott in the finale last year to make sure he had zero wins on his entire record in the regular <laughs> season that like i wish i was lying i've won a league before i've won leagues but like that was so astounding. And I was, I almost lost. Like it was a closer match than it seemed. So that's why, like, I was like, man, I cannot be the one guy that loses to Scott. So I pulled it out. And that was literally my favorite moment of fantasy football. Yes. Yeah, Scotty was the commissioner of our league last year and did yes. not win. Did not win. Yeah. You're right. He will continue to be, despite putting up a goose egg in the win column in the regular season. Uh, Scotty retained the title of league commissioner. 
but Scotty, I'm assuming that last season is not at the top of your list for favorite fantasy football memories. Not, not. No, it was fun though. Uh, being a commissioner of a fantasy football league is uh, challenging, but uh, the group of guys we have is fantastic. So that's uh, probably, you know, running this league is probably one of my favorite things. My favorite fantasy football memory though is really one of my first uh, fantasy football leagues that I was in was with my family um, and me and my dad ran a team and uh, you know we would send uh, our, our waiver requests by email to our my aunt who was the league commissioner those were those days we drafted kicker Olindo Mare I remember that was one of our our, uh, our picks in the in the first couple rounds deep um, in the first was, couple rounds yeah this is back when we didn't like you know this we're not like valuing hunt. positions the same way that we did Olindo Mare of the uh, Miami Dolphins yeah there you go. I honestly, I pride myself in knowing a lot of obscure football players. And that one is, uh, is not one that rings a bell for me. I'll be honest. Uh, for me, it was drafting Michael Vick the year he won comeback player of the year with the last pick in the draft as a joke. And then going on to win my league the following year, drafting Cam Newton late in the round, his rookie year who ended up being number one in fantasy football points. And then the following year drafting Robert Griffin, the third, his rookie wow. year, it was an un- That's a nice little run. I was so ahead of the curve on the mobile quarterbacks and the rushing yards plus passing yards equals fantasy value. I figured that shit out when I was like, like 13 years old. And I was like, give me the guy who's going to run. That's just more fantasy points. And it worked out pretty well for me. And, and guys, that's exactly where we're going to start our rankings here, which is normally it's fantasy football is a little bit different, right? Cause quarterback is the most important position in football. But in fantasy football, anyone who plays regularly, you know that running backs are the ones that go off the board there in the first round. But I want to start with quarterbacks because that's where we're seeing the most changes coming into the 2021 NFL season, right? We've seen a bunch of trades. Matt Stafford's going to the Rams, Carson Wentz to Indianapolis, and the ripple effect that that will have. Right now we have a guy like Jalen Hurts who could be a fantasy superstar in the making given his mobility, despite the fact that he may not be the best quarterback out there. So right off the bat, I want to hear y'all's top five quarterbacks run through them. And then we'll get into a little debate from there. So top five, I've got, it has to be Pat Mahomes. Number one, that's a, that's clear cut across the board, right? So I got Pat Mahomes at one. I got Josh Allen at two. Russell Wilson, number three, Justin Herbert, number four, and Lamar Jackson, number five. Number five. And Vito? For me, I have the same first three, Mahomes, Allen, Russell Wilson. Then I go Aaron Rodgers, number four. I don't know how you don't have the MVP in the top five. Well, Kyler because- Murray. I think my boy Kyler in Arizona, those are my top five, fantasy-wise. Yeah. I just I don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. That's why he's not in my top five. And the, the betting money is still going to be Green Bay. So we're operating right now under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers this year. Vito, I know you're secretly hoping still <laughs> that he ends up being a, a Denver Bronco before training camp starts. Uh, I'm a little bit different than you guys. I like Pat Mahomes right off the top. Number two, I have Dak Prescott coming off of injury with an absolutely mm. loaded offense. Josh Allen, number three. Kyler Murray, number four, and Lamar Jackson at five. Guys, out of your top five, we'll we'll exclude Mahomes because I think we're all in agreement that Mahomes is just a a clear cut, a tier, a step up, even though statistically and fantasy points-wise, it's not that much of a drastic difference. But we all agree he is the number one option. From two to five, who is the name that's jumping out to you on your list as we sit here today? 
Man, I, I, got, I think it's it's Josh Allen. Um, and it's, it's the way that he operated the whole year last year. But that was his completion percentage jump. We talked about it a lot throughout the year. It was such a high jump. It's almost hard to think he's going to do it again. But when he takes off and runs, his long strides, that dude is fast as hell. And I just think that when you talk about mobility and being that fantasy dual threat, Kyler is so quick and so fast. He's just smaller. And, and I personally am more worried about injuries with him than I am with Josh. And that's why I'm going Josh Allen. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a really interesting debate uh, because it, right off the bat, you know, Josh Allen put up some monstrous numbers with the Buffalo Bills last year. And by all, all intents and purposes, that Buffalo offense should not look much different than it ha- does as it currently sits. Uh, I think the one that jumps out out of my top five and the one that kind of opened y'all's eyes was Dak Prescott at number two. And I'm an Eagles fan, so saying that I'm expecting a big season out of Dak and the Dallas Cowboys – is, uh, is hurting me a little bit inside as a fan. But look, as an objective observer of the game of football, there's no reason to not think that Dak Prescott, based off of the start he had had last year, he was the number one fantasy quarterback before he got hurt, all right? And he's had ample time to recover. We've seen the videos of him coming back, looking like a fully healthy version of Dak Prescott. And you just look at the weapons all over the place, right? It's not going to be the classic handable off the Zeke 30 times a game and see what happens, right? Because you still have Zeke, you have Tony Pollard, who can both of which can catch the ball out of the backfield. So we know that in a in an offense like the Dallas Cowboys run, they're going to utilize the backs in the receiving game. But you got Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup still there behind a really good offensive line. I think Dak Prescott comes back. And look, Dak is one of those guys who has the eternal chip on his shoulder. Right. And so I think Dak Prescott is poised to have a monstrous season. And especially when you consider draft value, he's not going to be one of the first five quarterbacks off the board, but he could very easily end up as a top five fantasy quarterback this year. Scotty, who's the guy on your list? I'm looking at a certain player that maybe plays out on the West coast. Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To me, it's Justin Herbert. Um, They, they upgraded uh, themselves in the draft and the offensive line uh, getting Rashawn Slater and a couple other uh, guys in in later rounds to shore up the interior depth. Uh, Justin Herbert was the best passer in the pocket under pressure last year. Uh, He had the highest passer rating of, of any quarterback in the NFL when he was under pressure. So imagine what happens. uh, And, and on it, he was scoring what he had a a run of about 30, 35 points a game in, in fantasy football last year for, for a good stretch of seven to eight weeks. Um, imagine what he does with a, with a bunch of protection in front of him. Um, now granted he lost Hunter Henry, which is one of his big weapons, but little else has changed. He still has Eckler out of the backfield. Um, he's, he's got Keenan Allen who I think, think is still one of the elite receivers in football. Um, and yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert can just gun it and, and he's a damn smart football player. And, uh, and I think, uh, I think, Yeah, you know, and, and I look, I like Justin Herbert a lot. And what Herbert's going to go one of two ways. He's either going to take the sophomore jump, right, where we've seen a lot of quarterbacks in the past kind of make that jump, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's Kyler Murray last year, jumping, going from, you know, top 10 quarterback as a rookie to all of a sudden they are in the forefront of the best fantasy quarterbacks available. Uh, I, I just don't know which way he's going to go. I love the protection. The interesting thing about Herbert is Herbert was the best quarterback in the NFL last year against the blitz. So giving him a lot of time 
might actually kind of screw up a little bit of what he does. I still think in the long run, it's the move you make. I, I've said it before. I love the Rashawn Slater draft pick there in the first round. I thought it was my favorite draft pick of the first round, if we're being honest, just the way that the Chargers played that with a lot of people thinking Rashawn Slater wasn't going to be available for them at 14 uh, or 13, I should say. Uh, after that top five, though, guys, is when it kind of starts to the, the waters feel the waters feel a little muddied. Right. We're not 100 percent sure, you know, who is in that clear cut second tier. So my question for you guys is just like I was saying with Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, who is the under the radar breakout quarterback here going into the 2021 season? Who's going to take that next year leap? Obviously, Scotty, you like Justin Herbert in that regards, but give me somebody outside of Justin Herbert who you think is going to be that breakout candidate uh, who is kind of right now maybe flying a little bit under the radar. For me, it's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I, mm. I think, you know, when you look at that team, um, Minshew was able to, to sling it around a little bit. Um, and, and he had some higher rating games, I guess you could say that the upside was there, right? The ceiling was, was high with those receivers and the talent there. And I, I'm excited to see what Trevor Lawrence can do. And I really do. Um, I think with ETN out of the backfield too, just like the amount of dump offs we're going to see, um, that still increases those completion numbers and, and we'll get the yardage there. So for me, that that's who I'm looking at. I, to me, it's got to be Devontae, or uh, Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith uh, out there in Philadelphia. Uh, that's the one that jumps out to me. I mean, obviously, you got Joe Burrow coming back. It uh, looks like he's on track for, if not the beginning of the season, the early part of the season. And he's got Jamar Chase there, who uh, we all know what they did in college, uh, which was record-breaking. And if, uh, if that translates to the NFL, then watch out. Um, yeah, those, those are my two that jump out. I think Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. I thought the Trevor Lawrence pick is unbelievable. That's a great take, Vito. I was, that's where I was at. Yeah, and rookie quarterbacks can be really hit or miss. And Trevor's got that underrated athleticism that doesn't quite get talked about. I mean, the guy runs like a freaking gazelle. You know, he's so long. And, and there's that play in the, the semifinal, not this past year, but the year before against Ohio State, where he's running away from cornerbacks. You know, he's, he's fat running faster than Sean Wade and the guys in the secondary there at Ohio State and Jeff Akuda. You know, that to me is, is such a weapon that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to use at the next level. And Urban Meyer doesn't mind having a running quarterback. You know, we saw him do it at Ohio State. We saw him do it at Florida. Having a mobile guy back there could be good. But again, betting on a rookie quarterback to make to be that guy uh, is definitely a risk. Scotty, I love your pick with Jalen Hurts, you know, in the games and the, the limited options that we saw with him in the four games he played at the end of the season, which in week 17 is kind of hard to count, really, because he didn't really play much in that game. But when you take the body of work that we do have of Jalen Hurts, knowing how mobile he is, he's also built like a freaking brick shithouse, man. I mean, that dude is so thick, you know, he's, he's not Kyler Murray, you know, we're not worried about him breaking down. Yeah, and I think he's a better passer than people think. Like he'll he'll go out and take the hit, like you're saying. But I think he's a better passer than people think. He yeah. started slinging the ball really well at the end of the year last year. And you talk about guys with chips on their shoulder. I mean, that's a thing that I'm really starting to fall in love with Jalen Hurts. And you're going to team him up with his old buddies there, Landon Dickerson and Devonta Smith, coming to the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'll throw a couple of the names at you. One of which you said there, Scotty Joe Burrow. I love the cast that he has there. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase right off yeah. the bat. Joe that's Mixon nasty. in the backfield with them like they have a lot of weapons that hopefully Joe Burrow if he's healthy again another guy who is sneakily mobile who will pick up rushing touchdowns here for you as well part of the thing with Dak Prescott that I love is you know Dak Prescott has the most rushing touchdowns of any quarterback in the NFL since he's been in the NFL uh, 
So we're talking about those goal line, that six points you can get from a, you know, a, a, you're on the five yard line on third and goal and they scramble out and can find their way into the end zone. But Joe Burrow is one and, and I'll throw one other one at you or two other ones that are a little older guys, but I think could have really good seasons. Matt Ryan has about as good of a weapons group as anybody in the NFL right now, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and now you add Kyle Pitts to that. I mean, I don't know how you even begin to, to try to defend that, honestly. Now, if Julio gets moved, there's some thoughts after uh, June 1st, his contract becomes uh, much easier to trade. So there's still some thoughts out of Atlanta that maybe Julio is on the move. But if he's there and you have all three of those guys and Mike Davis is there out of the backfield, Todd Gurley, like there's a lot of really good, like talented fantasy weapons that I think Matt Ryan can go and I'll throw one dark horse at him. And you guys are going to give me shit because I've, I've poo pooed this guy in the past, but Fitz magic. I mean, you look, you look at the cast that's there. He loves the tight end. You have Logan Thomas and tight end. You have Terry McLaurin. Who's ready for a breakout year. And you Curtis can Samuel. Look, Curtis Samuel's there. Steven Sims. They have a lot of weapons. If you're looking for a late line, late round flyer who we all know loves to sling it. I like, uh, I like, the Washington football team guy there. And the last question I'm going to put, pose to you guys here before we move on to the running backs, rookie quarterbacks. And we touched on a little bit just a few minutes ago, Trevor Lawrence seems like he's probably going to be the odds on fantasy favorite, but out of the other guys that are going to be playing, if you're in a dynasty league, if you're thinking more long-term, which quarterback that is available, do you think, and we know who Scotty's going to pick, so I guess none of us can can pick Trey Lance. But who of the rookie quarterbacks would excite you the most as potential fantasy starters or maybe a guy that you pick up week two in preparation knowing, you know what, this guy's going to get in here in the next few weeks. Let me stash him on my, on my bench and hope that, you know, down the road we might be able to use this guy come playoff time. I'm, I, You know, you guys know how I, f- I feel about Justin Fields, and I think when you look at – um, Jeff, to your earlier point, the dual threat ability and also being at a place with a good defense in Chicago where fantasy wise, you know, maybe he doesn't light it up as much. Um, but I also think like you're saying on a dynasty side, long-term, I think that's a situation where a quarterback could actually develop in the first two years, probably a little bit better than some of the other situations that quarterbacks are in. So when you look at rookie quarterbacks, right, you look at that situation. And then to your point, how do you grow into that second year? Or do you flourish or do you have a sophomore slump? And then what happens your third year? How do you react? So in a dynasty league, you really take into account a lot of different things. And for, in my opinion, Justin Fields is the guy to navigate through those waters and get you to fantasy stardom. Scott, did we even need to go to uh, you? Yeah. Or is it- <laughs> yeah, well, so, okay. The obvious answer to me is Trey Lance because it, and that is just a matter of time. What week is he going to come in? Uh, is it going to be because Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt? Is it because Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing well? Yada, yada, yada. So that, that, that to me is the obvious answer if you're trying to stash. Uh, but I'll give you two other guys that, uh, that uh, one, it might be a little more obvious than the other. The, the first is Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson, that draft they had uh, alone. Uh, plus they got uh, Corey Davis uh, for him to throw to now. They got, they drafted Elijah Vera Tucker and Elijah Moore uh, in the, in the, the subsequent picks after Zach Wilson. I like him. He's he, we know he can sling the ball and now he's got weapons and and protection to prove it. Um, And then the other guy, if you're going to stash for a dynasty league, I like Kyle Trask who in two years will be the heir apparent to Tom Brady Um, and, and talk about a guy who can sling it uh, as well. I think he's, he's got a lot of upside there. 
Um, I think that was a good draft pick for, for Tampa Bay, really. Um, and, and yeah, if you're going to stash a guy in a dynasty league for a year or two, I, I, I'd start looking at him. That's interesting. Kyle, Kyle Trask is an interesting, you know, just case study. Cause I mean, we, we all know, man, like none of us ever think Tom Brady's going to retire, but eventually it's going to come one day. Like eventually it's going to happen. We don't really have a choice, you know, like he's not going to be able to play till he's 50, but could he play till he's 46, 47, and all of a sudden Kyle Trask, who is a little on the older side for rookie quarterbacks, you know, doesn't really get his opportunity? Like, I don't I don't think that will happen, but I'm never going to doubt Tom Brady. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I would add, too, I mean, I think Trey Lance, like you said, is, is the guy who I would look at for rookie quarterbacks just playing for Kyle Shanahan. And he has the mobility factor as well. But if we're looking for a deep cut kind of guy, like someone who might be able to fall, follow the same – trajectory as Jalen Hurts last year I'm gonna give you Kellen Mond playing for Minnesota mm, you know I Minnesota. like Kirk I like Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins I've said it before he's vanilla ice cream right you know he's just it's what he is he's he's gonna be okay if he's if he's your backup on on a fantasy football team you're super happy because you know he's gonna come in for a week and, and probably play pretty well but Kellen Mond to me you know Kirk Cousins gets hit once and he's had a remarkably durable career for his build it takes one weird hit, you know, he, it's, I don't ever, ever, ever wish injury on anybody, but in a lot of ways, it kind of feels like Kirk Cousins is due, you know, like even Tom Brady missed an entire season because of an ACL tear. And we've never really had that concern with Kirk Cousins and where they drafted Kellen Mond makes me think that, you know what, they are looking at a post Kirk Cousins world. This is the last year of his fully guaranteed contract from that couple summers ago when all, all of a sudden everybody and their sister wanted Kirk Cousins. I think Kellamond, you throw him in, let's say it's like week 10, you know, and all of a sudden Kirk Cousins gets hurt. He's going to be running around scrambling a little bit. And he's an athletic guy who can run the ball. He reminds me a lot. I think could have a similar fantasy value to a guy like Jalen Hurts. And, and they're going to have to simplify the offense for him because he would be a rookie quarterback coming in. So if you're thinking about a guy, again, long-term, I'm not a huge Kellen Mond fan, but they're going to run the ball a lot with Dalvin Cook. They're going to have a good defense because, you know, Mike Zimmer's not going to have back-to-back bad defenses. It's just not going to happen. And I, I think Kellen Mond could be a sneaky, uh, sneaky pick there. All right, let's move on to, you know, the bell of the ball in fantasy football, which is your running backs. And, and for a lot of you thinking like, well, running backs are so devalued, right, in the NFL. Like, you're not supposed to draft running backs in the first round. You're, you're supposed to be able to get late round flyers and guys who can come in and be effective right away. And all of that's true. But in fantasy football, there's such a select group of truly elite running backs who will be productive week in and week out that it is of note that you have to have one of those guys in order to go on and win a championship. Or you just have to have two really, really solid guys. You know, if you're drafting in the back end of the first round, you need to be able to have, you know, an Austin Eckler and a Josh Jacobs, you know, some sort of combination of later round guys who can still be really productive for you. So we're going to come in and all three of us have slightly different variations of a top five, but more or less are all kind of along the same page. Uh, I have Christian McCaffrey, Kamara, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. Uh, Scotty, you have Kamara, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, and Nick Chubb. And Vito, you have Henry, Cook, Kamara, McCaffrey, and then Aaron Jones sneaking in the top five for you. Uh, I'll go right off the top there. Of Again, same question as asked for the quarterbacks. If you have the number one overall pick and you're looking at these top five guys, who would you most like to have on your team? I would like to have Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I agree. I mean, just coming back off the uh, off the injury, um, they 
that that's the guy who's going to carry you. I mean, and and he's he's done it each of the last well before he got hurt last year. Even then, um, each of the last two years prior, just carrying fo fantasy football teams up and down. That's the guy I want. The one note though that that I think is always interesting and why I had Henry as number one. I think when you say who what I would like is McCaffrey. I think the number one value though at running back is Derrick Henry because of what he does down the stretch. Hmm. Like when you look at when playoff football happens in fantasy is when he goes off for these 50 point games and will literally single-handedly win you a playoff game or win you that matchup that you need to get in or maybe the semifinal. And, and so that's why I think he's such an interesting fantasy player and, and a really interesting football player in that he really has the month of November and December on lock. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think he slid last year because it was like, why, how there's no way Derrick Henry can go back to back years doing what he does, banging off of bodies um, and, and running the way that he does at his size. And I think that's why he slipped this year. I'm, I'm interested to see him, uh, you know, at the lower end of the top five in most people's rankings. Um, that because you're right, Vito, that can get scary. Uh, come he play seems to be a guy that is time. just, a, a, just constantly perpetually, doubted you know because you're not supposed to be six four and weigh 245 pounds and do what he does and run for 2,000 yards you're not supposed to be able to do that and yet Derrick Henry every single year does it and, and I think we come into this idea of like well, he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield he's not a great receiver you know eventually this run has to end we come up with reasons to discount Derrick Henry every single year and it's been now three consecutive years of like this dude is a freaking horse. Like, and he shows no signs of slowing down. Now, again, could he be due for an injury? Cause he getting to the age, you know, we said the same thing about Zeke for a while. And then Zeke has a really, really down year last year. I'm still very high on Derrick Henry. I wouldn't take him with my first overall pick. The guy that I would most likely take would be Alvin Kamara. And the primary reason for that is, is opportunity durability and production, right? Those are your three biggest factors when you're talking about who you want at the running back position. You want a guy who's going to stay healthy first and foremost. Kamara does an exceptional job of that. You want a guy who gets opportunities. And in this offense now, whether it's Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston or whoever the hell's you know, Ian Book now, apparently, whoever's going to be throwing the rock for them, they're not going to have enough confidence to say like, we need to just let him be Drew Brees because no one's going to be Drew Brees. So who does, you know, and, and on the same side of that, you know, Drew Brees didn't have much of an arm the last couple of years. He had to check down a lot, getting the ball to guys like Alvin Kamara in the flats in short intermediate routes. But Jameis is still going to be one to do this. Taysom Hill is definitely going to want to do that. And I think they're going to have to lean heavily on Alvin Kamara in order for them to become the team that they still have the talent in-house to inevitably become. So I like Alvin Kamara there if I'm, if I have the number one overall pick. Now, of course, Draft strategy is totally different, right? If you're if you're going five, you know, or if you're drafting seven, your your eyes are starting to look a little bit different. And maybe some one of these top three guys kind of falls at you. Who in the late first round, if you are drafting at nine, say, who would be the guy who you're like, thank God this person failed to me? How is everyone else in this league so freaking stupid and not see what I see? Who is that guy for you, Vito? Who is the guy that if you're in that back half that you're just praying falls to you? in number nine number ten so i think realistically right usually have maybe a receiver and one quarterback go um so it's mostly running backs in the first round and that's where i want to prep it's not even my number five or six guy but um i think i think when you look at it 
last year we had Dalvin cook in our draft fall. And that was a surprise. It could be a one or two guy, but I'm just saying the value that you see in, in a Nick Chubb or JK Dobbins, I think those are the two guys that I'm looking at where I'm like, if I have back to back, if I'm a, if I'm in a 10 team league and I have 10, 11, or if I have 12, 13, and I can get those two guys, I'm running the bank with them like that. Those two, in my opinion, are young guys who are going to come in and they both get, are going to get the bulk of the carries and just go off and they have some support around them so that they can last all year, but they are both home run hitters and the way they run is so aggressive. Those are my picks. Outside of our top 10. um, I think I look at guys like at that could fit that mold at the back end of the first round, like Jonathan Taylor uh, and, and Austin Eckler. Uh, would be good value picks to to fall to you at the the end of a, a of the first round. Jonathan Taylor, I, hopefully he stays healthy. Um, I took him uh, infamously ahead of Patrick Mahomes last year because I needed a running back, and uh, he had a great a great rookie campaign for me. Um, and I think the the offensive line is one of the best in football. It still is. Um, and they just and signed Eric Jonathan Fisher today, actually. Yeah. Well, there you go. Even got even better. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor can do a lot of things. Uh, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I like Jonathan Taylor in that spot at the end of the first. The only concern with Jonathan Taylor for me is not him as a player. Cause I loved him at Wisconsin. I, I thought he was the best going to be the best running back out of that rookie class. And it seems as though he probably will be uh, the, the big concern with, for me, at least with Jonathan Taylor is just when Frank Reich was the OC with the Eagles, it was running back by committee. You know, he's not a guy who believes in a singular workhorse kind of running back. And now you go out and you get Carson Wentz. Are they going to try to let Wentz sling it around? Are they going to try to like, or are they going to ease him into it? Are they going to run the ball and let Carson kind of get comfortable to try to find his old form? Uh, To me, it's just a couple of question marks. If I'm in that, you know, you know, that nine to 11 range, I'm, I'm really hoping that Saquon Barkley falls to me. Because Saquon oh, yeah, coming but... off, the, but Saquon coming off the injury, he's gonna fall in a lot of drafts. He, yeah. He's just going to. People forget how insanely valuable he is. And I think for most leagues, where it's guys who pay attention to football and are, are pretty locked in, they're gonna know that like, yes, he's coming off an injury, but it's Saquon. Like you're still gonna take him. I think for a lot of people who maybe play in leagues that maybe it's a work league or maybe it's a league with friends from home who aren't huge sports fans, but you are and you just get the bad luck of the draw and you're in that back half, like really like it's conceivable that Saquon falls to you. A couple of the names I'll throw out there too. I think Zeke is probably due for a bounce back year. And I think he'll be available there, especially with how bad he was last year. And I think part of the Zeke thing too was Zeke was saving some for this season. I think the Cowboys realized that in the back, you know, we didn't, they didn't have Dak. They were falling out of the playoff race last year. They know he he still has tread on the tires, but they didn't want to wear him out too much. And so I think Zeke is due for a bounce back year. And I'll throw this one out there too. Cam Akers. Cam Akers mm. came out strong at the end of the year last year, had a great run in the postseason. He was exceptionally talented coming out of Florida State. I was a big Cam Akers fan. I think he could be due for a massive jump. And we know Sean McVay likes to run a star running back into the ground a little bit. And last year they had to do it by committee between him and Malcolm Brown. And once Cam Akers got, a, you know, he got hurt earlier in the season too. So once Cam Akers was back fully healthy and was able to really get a stranglehold on that, that RB one position in, in LA, he never really gave it up. So I think he's a guy who he might be like the Clyde Edwards, Elaire, you know, where a lot of, a lot of people kind of fall in love with him as like, Oh, he's the sleeper. But then by the time drafts roll around, like, Everyone wants to take him within the top eight picks. 
Uh, and then, of course, you have your guys like Aaron Jones. I, I love Antonio Gibson with the Washington football team as well. I think he's probably going to end up being a top 12 running back. Uh, at least what about your Eagles guy? Huh? What are the so, old Penn Stater? How about Miles Sanders? I love Miles Sanders. And it's just going to, I don't, the thing is, I don't know what Nick Sirianni's offense is going to look like. Yeah, I just have yeah. no idea. And I, my, my gut feeling is that they're going to use Miles Sanders a lot this year. And that I think Miles Sanders could be a good value pick. I'm just not sure if I'd want to draft him in the first round, especially after that having a disappointment. A he was disappointing last year, you know, especially after all the buzz Deuce Staley came out and said, we're going to, he's our workhorse. And then, they didn't do that at all. You know, Boston Scott got as many freaking carries, it felt like, as Miles Sanders last year. Well, um, yeah. Switching back now, as we're kind of working towards this, this draft here, if you are drafting in the top five and that second round running back comes out, it's not necessarily like your first round guys that are falling, but your second round guys, guys that you'll take at 17 or 18, are there any names that we haven't mentioned yet that are jumping off to you as guys that you would – aggressively be targeting there in the second round i Najee harris maybe just mm. because uh, you take a you take a flyer on him and and hope that he because he's built uh, all the comps are to his builder like derrick henry uh but i don't think the steelers run the ball as much as they uh they want to uh with a guy like harris in the in the backfield but harris does catch the ball in the backfield a lot better than uh than derrick henry does so i go Najee harris there yeah, a lot yeah. better. Uh, for me, I, I would look at a guy like, and he's one of those people you fall in love with every year, but I like Joe Mixon. I always have. Whenever he's been healthy, ah, he's been productive. Don't do it, Jeff. And, and look, I care and about you. you care about me. I know you do, Scott. <laughs> and again, like, it would be a situation where, like, there's nobody left on the board that I love. But I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan. But now that they brought in Kenyon Drake, I'm not sure I want to spend a second-round draft pick on Josh Jacobs. I would rather look at a wide receiver or a tight end and see if I can get some value later. Uh, I would also add one other guy here. I mean, I like J.K. Dobbins. I think he's probably going to end up being a second-rounder there, Vito, only because it's tough to trust a running back in the Baltimore backfield with Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson is as much running back as he is quarterback a lot of times with that offense. But now that they have – uh, uh, Rashad Bateman to go along with Hollywood Brown. They have some weapons and they still have Mark Andrews. I think we're going to see a more balanced approach and a little bit less of this like Navy style offense from them. Uh, who else do you have? And I'll throw this one, David Montgomery. I like too. Uh, but Vito, who do you have there in that second round guy? I'm saying Deandre Swift. And mm. I know that even after the trade, it might be even looks a little worse than it did before. Um, but I, I all, I just believe in him as a player uh, he was one of those guys we always talk about five-star talent, man. And it's just undeniable. And I think he gets the ball. We've seen his upside. I just think it depends on if he can, you know, go out there and constantly show it and, and just get the ball enough. And I think in this offense, hopefully they realize his talent and just gear towards that, yeah. you know, get him the ball and just get out of his way. Uh, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. So I think he's a, he's got some upside at that second round spot but he also has a, a floor that's probably lower than a lot of other guys yeah and you know i see him going down a similar pathway as like aaron jones last year which is funny because jamal williams hopping over to detroit now staying within the, the division you know he's not you know deandre swift isn't going to get all the carries he's not he's not going to be the pure workhorse running back but i do think he's going to be your first down your second down running back he's going to be your goal line guy and I, again, it, it's, do you believe in the talent there? And then does he get the opportunity to pursue it? Uh, Clyde Edwards, he is another one who's going to fall, who, even though he was a little disappointing, 
I still think there's a lot of value there, you know, and there's no one else on the chiefs running back room that really makes you think like, Oh man, like Damian Williams isn't there. You know, Daryl Williams, like none of those guys are really lighting up the scoreboard necessarily. And I think Clyde Edwards, Hilaire with another year under his belt could be a, an interesting pick there as well. And then someone in that Cleveland Browns running back room, man, Kareem hunt, you know, he's not a guy you want to start every single week as your RB two. But if he's a flex spot, someone you can get maybe in the second or you know early third round might be a little bit of a, of a reach, but I, I do like Kareem Hunt as well. Um, there's an interesting philosophy within fantasy football, which is that if you know that there's going to be a running back room, would you want to sign up to have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as your number one, your number two running backs? Is there a tandem outside of those two? Because we saw the two of them light it up last year, who you would like to see on your roster in any way, shape, or form this year? No, unless it's a, a – I had a good handcuff last year, like Chris Carson um, and – oh, gosh, uh, Carlos Hyde. And, and so, like, maybe with a handcuff situation, but even then they were both getting little carries. I don't think any other duo is worth – unless you count Lamar and K and JK. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I, I just don't think that in today's game um, there's enough space for it. But to your point, a lot of teams end up with an RB two in that flex spot. So sometimes you might wonder, is it safer to just get all the rushing yards for that team? I'll tell you a couple of, I like uh, obviously the clear cut number one handcuff <clears throat> handcuff is uh, Cleveland with Chubb and cream hunt. I like what Vegas did uh, picking up Kenyon Drake uh, and, and to pair him with Josh Jacobs, um, that's that's a great uh, little handcuff if you're looking for one there. And then I think uh, I think an underrated one might be uh, out in Jacksonville with James Robinson and uh, and Travis Etienne. Yeah, I, I was thinking the Jacksonville one as well. I, it would be a risk, no question, and you definitely wouldn't have them as your RB one, RB two. But if you can get ETN in a later round and maybe you take, you know, James Rob, maybe you decide to go wide receiver or tight end in the first two rounds and you get James Robinson as your number one running back and then you can kind of keep Travis ETN on the bench. I think that could work. And I'll throw one other one that's probably a little bit of a long shot, but two guys I really like. And it's your Denver Broncos there, Vito. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, the rookie out of North Carolina. I think Javante Williams has the chance to be the best running back out of this group. I really do believe that between the three of them and Melvin Gordon. He's I had a do not touch Melvin Gordon rule going into the draft last year. He was dealing with the DUI situation. Like people really didn't know what to expect. Another guy who gets injured a lot. And Melvin Gordon became a really solid fantasy player. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't blowing you away, but he was really solid. A lot of projections have him still as a top 25 running back. And if Javante Williams turns out to be a steal, maybe you end up having one of those two guys. Uh, Vito, you led into what was going to be my, my next question here, which was handcuffs, right? If you're not familiar with what a handcuff is, it's basically an insurance policy on your running back, right? You draft Zeke Elliott in the first round, you pick up Tony Pollard later in the draft. So is there a combination here? Is there a singular handcuff guy that you go, oh man, if this guy goes down, then all of those carries are going to, you know, Jamal Williams, if Aaron Jones goes down, something along those lines. Yeah. You know, obviously my favorite handcuffs are the pink fuzzy ones, but uh, the comparison in the NFL, I would say is probably, probably uh, if you can, again, Cleveland is like the best, the sexiest one. That would be the best. Um, Yeah. No question. Uh, then, you know, when, when you work your way down to, to a more realistic handcuff, I would say, I think one that worked out very well for a lot of people last year was in Carolina 
Um, but, but to me, I actually, um, I actually look again towards the Broncos, like what you were saying, because, because Williams is a rookie. I think both of these guys are easily draftable where you can get a starter in a, in the third round, and then you get his handcuff later. And, and I, I think when you can do a handcuff like that, where it's not your one and two or one and three, right. Or two and four, that's where you provide some value there where your, your backup, your, your guy in the sixth round can end up being a third round producer in fantasy. And so I look at the Broncos. Yeah. I, the, the handcuff that jumps out to me and the, it's a guy who tends to have injury problems is, uh, is the tandem out in Arizona. James Connor tends to get hurt a lot. Mm. Uh, Chase Edmonds is, is long been, uh, at least for the last couple of years, been a, a great handcuff option sitting behind Kenyon Drake uh, out in Arizona. But um, uh, I like Chase Edmonds there uh, again, it's the value pick thing, right? Are you going to jump up and try to grab him in the third or fourth, knowing that Connor's most likely going to get hurt? Um, no, but maybe he falls to you in the fifth, sixth, seventh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, mid-tier rounds. And then obviously um, uh, same sort of uh, injury question um, when you talk about uh, Indianapolis, uh, if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, you'd love to have a guy like Naeem Hines uh, ready to rock. Or even because, Marlon Mack, you know, Marlon Mack's yeah. coming off oh, of an yeah. AC, uh, yeah. Achilles or ACL. It was, it was one of the two, but they still gave him a contract. So that tells you something about, you know, how they know he's progressed coming back from that injury. Uh, the, the, the only ones I would throw out that we haven't touched on, the Tampa Bay running back room, you know, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. If you have one, you definitely want to have the other because and that, that being said, if you're relying on Ronald Jones to be a starting running back, something that probably means that your fantasy season has not gone the direction that you're hoping for. Um, but either one of them kind of vice versa, because the either one can take over and be a goal line kind of guy, especially with Tom Brady. You're not giving Tom Brady the ball to go on a punch in from one yard out. You're just not. And both of those guys got a lot of goal line scores. And the last one here, before we take a quick break, uh, I love Aaron Jones in green Bay. I think Aaron Jones, especially now that Jamal Williams has left. I think Aaron Jones is, is poised to have a really, really good, uh, fantasy season but his backup now is aj Dillon, and i think aj Dillon's still going to get some carries and might even be a bit of a touchdown vulture to uh aaron jones there this upcoming year but i think aj Dillon, given the opportunity if aaron jones goes down i think aj Dillon could come in and be a star like number one legit running back in this league he's so big and so strong and he, he doesn't slow down at all when he runs I really like AJ Dillon as a potential handcuff. If you're going to draft AJ or Aaron Jones, you could say AJ, but if you are going to draft Aaron Jones in the top 10, it might be worth drafting AJ Dillon, or at least maybe trying to see if you can find a way to trade for him at some point during the season. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back in just a sec. All right. And we're back. We're going to switch now, switching gears just a little from quarterbacks, running backs, which again, that's really where your fantasy team is going to be won or lost is at those first two positions, quarterback, running back. Uh, the wide receiver group this year is as talented as we've ever had. So my suggestion, a little bit of free advice for people out there. Don't worry about rushing to draft a wide receiver early on. You know, even someone like Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is amazing, but I don't think you necessarily have to reach 
in order to say like, oh, I have to get Tyree Kill in the first round because there's so much depth at wide receiver and injuries happen so often at the wide receiver position. You're better off taking two running backs that maybe aren't your your favorite guys up in the first two draft in the first two rounds, and then you know sprinkling in some maybe some long shot guys, some some other guys that you like at the wide receiver position. Uh, Scotty, we'll start off with you here, my man. Which wide receiver, with all that being said? Would you actually consider drafting in the first or second round? Uh, there's two <clears throat> to me, Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs. Um, mm. Stefan Diggs, uh, just ridiculous here last year. And we've talked about the chip on the shoulder thing. Uh, you know, nobody believed in him. Uh, he made that excellent play a couple of years ago in, uh, yeah, when he was playing with Minnesota in the playoff game. Um, and, and he's been lightning ever since. Um, and, and he just plays like, like with grit and toughness, like those are not measurable qualities, uh, or quantifiable qualities anyway. Uh, but uh, he's, and he's finally got a guy, uh, that can throw the ball to him, um, you know, with, with pretty good accuracy now, uh, in Josh Allen. So, uh, Stefan Diggs, I think, is uh, maybe a bit of a reach in round one, but uh, De- Devontae Adams for sure. Uh, those are my two guys. For me, I, I think I-, I don't think anyone's worth a first round pick. I just don't. I'm with you. Like, I, I don't see it. I love Diggs. I like Metcalf a lot and Tyreek, but I-, I just, you know, I- what is the point of doing that and giving up the spot? for a elite number one running back when you will get a starting number one receiver later on that I just think the shelf differential there is too much. The tiers, right. Drop mm-hmm. off faster at running back. You can only start one wide receiver. Now we have three on the field. So in my opinion, none of them are worth it. I'll snag running backs all day. Well, what about in the second round? Like, let's say you're, let's say you have the first second overall pick and then your, your second pick there in the second round isn't until, you know, like pick number 20. Mm-hmm. Is there somebody who you're like, I don't love any of the running backs on the board here. The guy I'm looking at who might be good at running back is still going to be available. The next pick that I have, is there an elite wide receiver you would take then maybe in the back end of the second round? I think that someone at that level, Hopkins, um, that could be there. Maybe Michael Thomas after this last year. I don't even know though, whether he's worth touching or not. I, that's a, that's a mystery, but he has that upside, right? Where, he, I mean, even last year, he was a number one pick in some leagues. So I, I think he's a guy who, if he falls, he's a guy who I'd take a shot on. Um, but realistically, like, you know, Calvin Ridley, I'm, I'm really high on CD lamb, but I, those are guys, again, you can get later and later. So yeah. Uh, what yeah, about I- you? I'm with you. I would not ever draft a wide receiver in the first round. I just wouldn't. I would let somebody else make the mistake. You know, so much of fantasy football drafting is let other people make mistakes. Uh, For me, if I'm going to take somebody at the back half, I I would take Tyreek Hill. Like, I I just – the Mahomes, you're giving him Patrick Mahomes. You know that Travis Kelsey's taking the middle of the field. But on top of that, they use Tyreek Hill in so many different ways. You know, why was he – was Clyde Edwards-Elair's, you know, value not as great as we thought? Because we thought he was going to get opportunities at the goal line. But instead, they're going to run these little jet sweeps, these little shovel passes, find ways to get in the, the ball in the hands of a guy like Tyreek Hill. Uh, Devontae Adams is another one. My big concern with Devontae Adams is just injury. You know, he is the guy who's going to get the most targets from Aaron Rodgers. But if Aaron Rodgers isn't in Green Bay, then you probably don't draft Devontae Adams until late in the, you know, uh, he's, he probably drops to like wide receiver 10. 
whereas most people would have him as one of your top three wide receivers. Uh, the only other guy I would throw out there is A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown has had some, especially in the back half of last year, really, really emerged as, a, as an elite-level wide receiver. And the thing I love about A.J. Brown this year is that he's going to be the clear cut. He's going to be Devontae Adams in that offense. Now, yeah. you take out Arthur Smith, so the passing game coordinator, the offensive coordinator is now gone from Tennessee. But, again, fantasy football is about – not just how much talent the guy has, but opportunity, right? How many times does it get to – how many opportunities does he get? How many times do they throw to him again? a game? That's why Brandon Marshall for so long was such a valuable fantasy wide receiver because he would get 15 targets a game when he was playing in Denver and even still when he was down in Miami. So I would look at a guy like A.J. Brown who maybe isn't your consensus top five wide receiver but is somebody who could definitely have uh, a really, really great season despite the fact that they did lose their offensive coordinator. Um, so you got your wide receiver number ones. Those are your Tyreek Hills, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, DK, right? All those guys that we all really, really like. That second tier of wide receivers is as muddied and, and muddled and confusing as we've ever seen it before. So who is a guy from, let's say, like wide receiver 15 on that you look at is like, you know what? That dude is going to be a freaking steal. I want that guy on my roster in the fifth round. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Ooh. Yep. Cooper Cup is an elite wide receiver to me. Um, I I I genuinely think he's he's undervalued um in fantasy football. Now that he has Stafford uh rather than, than Jared Goff throwing the ball, I, I think that gets even better. Um and it was it was hard, right? I mean, in in LA there were McVay was a little more limited in his passing game um just because of the the guy who was throwing the ball. Um, and they didn't trust him as much. Stafford, I feel like even though it's his first year with L.A., they can kind of let him go. They know what he's done in the league. He's, he's a veteran. Go sling it, big boy. Uh, and, and Cooper Cup is, I think, a, a legit uh, wide receiver one. Yeah, Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, man. Like, I, I would look – I, I like both of those guys, especially with Stafford there now. Like, we're going to see a whole different L.A. Rams team this year. I'm really excited to see what they look like because that defense is still going to be salty, man. And yet they have some – they have a quarterback now who can be a little mobile but has one of the most, like, weaponized arms as we've ever seen in the NFL. Vito, you're shaking your head. I know you're excited. Give me who – who is your ideal wide receiver to from that, like, wide like 15 down that you would love to have on your squad? C.D. Lamb. Yeah, you talked about is. Dak going off. Um, I mean, Amari Cooper's in that range too, but I just think uh, I'm just so up on CD's talent. He made some incredible catches last year. And I think with Dak back, we're going to see something crazy. I mean, you got to remember Dak was only playing, what did he play three games Two, two yeah. games? Like, so with him actually having, you know, some, some off season, hopefully here with them. And then I think getting into the season, um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what CD does. I think that CD could be a guy who next year we're talking about as like, is this guy going to go in the first or second round, like second round guy, maybe uh, in fantasy. I I'm really excited about him. Yeah, I'm, I am too. I'm really high on CD lamb and I like Amari Cooper, but look, it's amazing how long Amari Cooper's already been in the NFL. Like, I think this is his seventh or eighth season already in the NFL, which is Man, crazy to think about. No, really? <laughs> I, I, I think so. Cause he had, he had three years with the Raiders. 
and he got traded midway through. This might be his sixth season. I might have I might have given him one extra year. But either way, six years of Amari Cooper in the NFL already is, is pretty remarkable. And I think CeeDee Lamb's the guy who's going to take that next jump. Uh, a flyer that is probably going to drop in a lot of drafts is going to be OBJ. You know, we saw before yeah. he got hurt last year, he was on his way to another really, really good season. Uh, DJ Moore perpetually underrated especially now they have sam darnold there right sam darnold's gonna do more and in the no air Curtis samuel yeah and no curtis samuel you know they have robbie anderson who i took with my last pick in the draft last year ended up being like wide receiver seven by yeah. the time the season ended was like fourth in the league in receiving yards so i think robbie anderson's another guy but i'm gonna throw one out there adam thielen mm-hmm. Adam Thielen does nothing but just put up monster numbers, man. And I'm sure a lot of people are thinking like, what do you mean? Like Adam Thielen's like a top 10 wide receiver. No, he's not. In every single rankings, you can look at him now. Adam Thielen is constantly underrated. And on top of it too, Justin Jefferson's the guy who's getting all of the attention. And if they're worried about Adam Thielen, then they're going to throw to Justin Jefferson. They're worried about Justin Jefferson. They're going to throw to Adam Thielen. And on top of all of that, you still have to stop Dalvin Cook. So I think Adam Thielen's a guy that if he ends up being your wide receiver too, and let's say you go up and you, you get DKs at some point, I mean, that is just printing money, man. That's the guy you look at. Same thing from a daily fantasy perspective. And once we get into the season, guys, we are going to do a bunch of daily fantasy stuff. Y'all know I love me some daily fantasy, and we're definitely going to be going all over the gambling angle here on the pod as well. But from a fantasy perspective, Adam Thielen just eats balls, especially if you're playing in a PPR league. If you're playing in a league where it's point per, per reception, find a way to get Adam Thielen there. Uh, moving down now to your wide receiver three. And I think this is the best way to analyze the wide receivers because it's it's very clear where your tiers are. And if you're able to get you know a good running back in the first and second round, so your running back position set after that, you might reach up and take a Patrick Mahomes in the third round if he's still around, though most drafts will probably be gone. But even a Dak or Lamar, Russell Wilson, one of those guys, you're going to be looking now somewhere in the neighborhood of like your seventh or eighth pick when you're getting ready to draft your wide receiver three of that kind of core guys. We're talking about like wide receiver 30 and on 35 and on who is a name that you stands out that maybe it's like, who's this year's Robbie Anderson, who nobody thought was going to have a great year. And then all of a sudden turns out to be a stud. Yeah. I see Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, right around that, that ranking, uh, this year, but I think he's going to get taken higher just because of what he did last year. Uh, I like DJ Chark. That's a, an interesting pick. A healthy Corton Sutton might be uh, a, a good spot to, to draft him in there. Uh, but screw it. I'll go for the uh, the tandem out in Cincinnati, Jamar Chase with, mm. uh, with, Joe, with Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, I love that pick too, but I, I think someone a little more, um, say, low-key – would be um, uh, LaVisca Chenault Jr. Yeah. Mm. I think that, I mean, I know they got Marvin Jones Jr. now too. Like, I think one of those two guys, I mean, them and Mike Williams, it's just this this list from, um, you know, in a lower tier and one of them has to break out. And for whatever reason, I'm, I'm with Chenault. So uh, I think Ch- one Chenault of those guys. Chenault is like, he's the, he's the exact guy you want Urban Meyer to have, right? 
He is like Percy Harvin. They're going to use him in the running games. They're going to use his speed and his athleticism. He's not just going to be a wide receiver. He's going to get the ball a lot. And that's why a lot, you know, the guy who Urban Meyer said that they were married to with that second first round pick they had this year was Kadarius Toney out of Florida, because that's the exact kind of player that Urban Meyer loves to have. And that's why they ended up going with ETN, because despite ETN being a running back, they're going to be able to use ETN in a lot of different ways in that offense. And I think LaVisca Chenault is hand in hand there as well. Uh, in that core, for me, I, there's a bunch of guys. I think Devontae Smith's going to be really good. And I think there's going to be some people who are concerned about what does the offense look with Jalen Hurts? How, how is this going to work with Devontae Smith? Nick Sirianni was a wide receivers coach his entire career, you know, before becoming the offensive coordinator for the Colts last year. And I think that's really – and we saw – how much Michael Pittman developed from the time he got to Indianapolis to the time this season ended. And, and I think we can all agree that as good as Michael Pittman was in college, he was a Belindikoff finalist in a loaded wide receiver class. Devontae Smith won the freaking Heisman. Like we can't forget about how good Devontae <laughs> Smith is. I love Devontae Smith so much. He's been wearing that number six for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, last worn by the all-time great Eagles quarterback, Mark Sanchez. If you remember the Mark Sanchez era in Philadelphia, then oh, yeah. pour yourself a glass of bourbon. Um, but I'll throw out a couple names for you here as well. Debo Samuel, I think, will probably be around. And there's some concern, again, is it going to be Jimmy G? Is it going to be uh, Trey Lance? But – Debo, they like to use in the running game there as well, similar to Brandon Ayuk. And to me, mm-hmm. I don't see much of a difference between Debo and Brandon Ayuk other than uh, Debo was hurt last year. So if you're picking between the two of them, do you want to reach for Brandon Ayuk or do you want to wait until the eighth round and take Debo Samuel? I might lean towards taking Debo Samuel and take a flyer on him a little bit later. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., is another one. I just talked about that with, uh, you know, Carson Wentz now going to be there and the development we saw him take over the end. But guys, this is, this is the one that drives me nuts every single year. And I don't know, especially after this year, last year, how this guy is ranked where he is based off of some of not just our projections, but based off of what you see a lot of fantasy sites and, and, you know, fantasy gurus put how the hell is Cole Beasley the 57th ranked wide receiver after what I, yeah. he did last year? How? I have no idea. How? That's if, kept if Cole, secret. If Cole Beasley is there in the sixth round, freaking take him. Because someone's someone's going to. There's no way he's going to be the 57th wide receiver taken off the board. There's no way. It's just not happening. I'm just, I refuse, absolutely refuse to believe it. All right. Real quick, before we move on to tight ends and defenses and all that stuff doesn't take all that much time. Rookie wide receiver that you like. One word answer or two words if you're saying their name, give it to me. Devontae Smith. I'm going Waddle. I'm gonna go Elijah Moore. Just, uh, I, I think I think he's got the upside. So yeah. uh, let's take a little bit of a transition now. Let's head over to the tight ends where tight ends are a have and have nots, man. You either have one or you don't, and there really isn't much in between. So trying to analyze what this year's class is going to look like is a bit of a challenge. Um, right off the bat, we're all in agreement. Travis Kelsey is your number one. And then you can kind of flip-flop the number two and number three between Darren Waller and George Kittle either way. I think Kittle's going to go later in a lot of drafts because he's coming off of injury. But is there – we all agreed, Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. So I don't think we need to go too much down the line there. But is there a tight end that's not one of those three guys that you could see maybe supplanting one of those in the top three? No, not in the top three. I don't think so. 
Um, I think those, those guys are just a head and shoulders above everybody else. I think they are for now. And I think what you have to do is look at a younger guy and and this is a little biased, but Noah Fant out of Denver has had some injuries, but he has the talent to be in that list. Mm -hmm. Pitts has the talent to be in that list. Um, Those are the two guys that I see here that, um, that do it. And, and maybe Mark Andrews. I mean, I know he's, he's been pretty consistent with touchdowns. So maybe in the fantasy production realm, but if you're talking about just on the field, like who would you rather have um, uh, those three guys stand alone? Noah Fant screwed me last year. He's done. He's out. I like okay, Hawkinson. But, but what I like, year. I like the TJ Hawkinson pick. I just don't like who's throwing it to him. And I would say the same thing about Denver, but there's this little caveat by the name of Aaron Rodgers, who if Aaron Rodgers finds his way to Denver, <laughs> Noah Fant right? becomes a top five tight end. Like he just, he, he does. We saw what he did with Robert Tanyan last year, who I like Robert Tanyan. I have him yeah. as my, as I think I have him as my wide receiver, or my tight end seven or seven or eight this year. So I like Bobby Tons as, as our boy Scotty acutely yeah. named him. But I, I agree. I think the only one to me that has the upside to crack into that top three is Kyle Pitts. Now there's always a learning curve for tight ends in the NFL. Rookie tight ends almost never, ever are productive. But Kyle Pitts is special. There's also never been a, a, a tight end that's been drafted in the top five until we saw Kyle Pitts, at least in the modern era. So if you're talking about someone who has the upside to actually do that, especially with an experienced quarterback and Arthur Miller being, we saw what Arthur Miller did for Jonu Smith. Like, I don't think Jonu Smith's going to be that great of a receiving option in New England. So I really yeah, like what, you... what the upside with Kyle Pitts is, especially if they end up trading Julio, because they're going to play him in the slot. They're going to use him like a wide receiver. You know, you could get wide receiver value, but at the tight end position there with Kyle Pitts. What do you do with those guys in New England? I, I, and from a fantasy perspective, they're both right? out of the top 10. I, I, I couldn't put either one of them in the top 10 for me. Um, mainly just because I think, I think they're going to kind of cut off the nose to despite their face a little bit. You know, I think it's going to be a little bit of Robin Peter to pay Paul, Robin uh, Hunter to pay Johnu. You know, I yeah, think, I think yeah. we're going to see a little bit of that here a little, and little spider face situation. I got it. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, so after those top three, then, where it feels like it really could be any of these guys jumping up to number four. You know, Zach Ertz was the prohibitive every single year, was always going to be one of those top four guys. He's fallen out of it. Who do you like in that, you know, that four to ten range to be like, this is the guy I'm targeting in my draft this year? I would like TJ Hawkinson if if I get a uh, a tight end at that level. Uh, I go, yeah, TJ Hawkinson or, uh, or Noah Fant. I think I'll take a, I'll take a risk on him again. Um, Fant screwed me last year cause he got hurt and then averaged like four points a game. Um, but I think he's got, uh, especially if, uh, well, we'll see what that quarterback situation is like, but he's got the talent uh, as yeah. we alluded to earlier. So. Well, um, and Locke was injured. Cortland Sutton was injured. Judy was yeah. out. We had injuries all over. So um, I, he got, he got keyed a lot, especially from the safety side. And, but for me, it's Mark Andrews, and I, I think that this is actually pretty um, not easy, but just his production touchdowns is what the difference is. And yeah. it's pretty impressive with that Baltimore offense and how much they score and how much they utilize the tight end. So um, I, I'm, I'm sticking with Andrews. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I, I think Mark Andrews is due for a bounce back year. I really do. I think they're going to – like I said, I think they're going to kind of balance out that offense a little bit. And now with Rashad Bateman coming in, 
he's not going to be the the immediate wide receiver threat. You know, you have to worry about Marquise Brown taking off the top. You're going to have to worry about Rashad Bateman, and you're going to have to worry about Mark Andrews. So I think we're going to see a little bit different of a Baltimore offense this year, despite I do think Lamar is still going to run the lights out of the ball. Uh, I would say Kyle Pitts, honestly, because I am that high on Kyle Pitts. But I think what we're going to see is that his ADP, which is your average draft position, is going to be sky high. I think Mm -hmm. people are going to reach on Kyle Pitts like crazy. So where he's going in most drafts is not where I would take him. So knowing all of that, I would say Robert Tunyon, especially if Aaron Rodgers stays. I love Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard, this is his room now. There is no Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard. This is Dallas Goddard is the guy. And his flashes we've seen have been elite. And the last one I'll throw in there is Logan Thomas, the tight end for the Washington football team, because we saw what what Ryan Fitzpatrick did for Jasicki last year. And Jasicki would be a good call too. But I think we're going to see a big jump, especially with how Logan Thomas kind of came on at the end of the year last year. I think Fitzy's going to love him some Logan Thomas. And on top of it too, you're going to have to be worried about Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. So Logan Thomas is probably going to be the forgotten guy out of that room. Uh, All right, quickly here as we're wrapping up the pod, the two positions that no one ever likes drafting in fantasy football, unless you get like the number one or number two, you know, team and or player is your defense special special teams and your kicker. So let's just do kicker out of the way because there's not a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, Uh, Justin Justin Tucker, Harrison Bucker, Young Hoku. It's got to be Koo, man. It's got to oh, yeah. be Coop. It obviously is Coop. I mean, he's literally the living legend. This dude is an incredible athlete, number one. Number two, <laughs> he's bringing diversity to the NFL. Number three, he was a namesake of the Young Hoes Ain't Loyal, my team. Young and Ways. Young Ways Ain't Loyal. Uh, <laughs> you know, and the English pronunciation, you guys know where I'm going. And, of and course. He, great team names. So when you look at these alternate positions, Look at some of the names you can get here. Look at the team names that you're drafting around when you're yeah. around yeah. seven, eight or lower. It matters. Yeah. It matters. That's why I took Will Lutz last year to call my team D's Lutz. And how I mean, did that, how did that work out for you? Scott? It was 0 13. Don't name your team after a kicker unless it's young. Unless boy. you're Vito who also then made the playoffs with, so, you know, so yeah. here's what I'll say. Uh, if you can get Justin Tucker and you can get, if you like, I reached for Justin Tucker in our league last year and I'm happy that I did because He's the best. He's the best in the league. It's not close. He is the best guy. Um, he had his worst season last year. <laughs> he's he still and great. Y- and yet yeah. he was still the number one kicker in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So, like, even his worst is still better than anybody else. Uh, Young Wahoku, Young Waiku is going to be up there. I think that Atlantic team's going to score a lot of points, plus the onside kick shit. You know, depending on how your league scoring yeah. works, you get points for that. Uh, and he, the one name here, too, that is worth mentioning is Harrison Bucker because he's the mm-hmm. kicker for Kansas City. So you're going to get a lot of extra points. You're going to get probably not as many field goals, but it's still just that constant, you know, chipping away just a couple of points here and there because they score five touchdowns a game in Kansas City. Uh, Now, the more interesting conversation between these two is the defense and special teams. So in my eyes, you have a clear-cut three at the top. Pittsburgh, the L.A. Rams, and Baltimore. Do you, you guys quickly just pick one of those three? Who would be the team that you would most like defensive wise that you would like to have uh, for this year? Pittsburgh Rams, Rams Pittsburgh. Yeah. I would I would say the Rams uh, just because I I mean it sucks that they lost Brandon Staley, but mm-hmm. I, I do think they are you know I think there's just so much talent there. And if we're talking about you know you're going to get Aaron Donald, you're going to get Jalen Ramsey, 
It's like it's just, and they brought back some guys too. So they were able to bring in Le- or keep Leonard Floyd. I think they're still going to be really, really solid. Uh, so after those top three, give me a dark horse team. Give me a team that, you know what, maybe you decided I'd rather have a little bit extra depth that wide receiver or pick up a backup quarterback a little early on. Is there a team that maybe you would let fall to you with your last couple of picks? You would say, oh, they're still there. I'm happy with this team as my defense. Uh, I would go, I'll say Buffalo. Um, if Buffalo fell to me uh, on my defense, uh, I'd be okay with that. They they just loaded up in the drafts with pass rushers, uh, <clears throat> and they already got Ed Oliver, and they re-signed uh, Matt. Oh, the linebacker. Come on, Scott. Um, anyway, yeah, Buffalo's Milano. defense. Yeah, Matt Milano. Oh, thank you. I was just waiting to see if you got it. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, I like I like the the direction they're going, um, and that's that's uh, football wise. That's that's what's going to keep them really in the hunt uh, when it comes to that uh, that two team AFC race with them in Kansas City. Yeah, um, and they added some depth on the defensive line there too. Vito, yeah. what about you? I'm sticking with the Colts. I mean, I think they were just so terrific for such a long time, and I, I think the balance that we're about to see on offense will help out. It's really interesting that they've had three different like you know, I guess four different quarterbacks in four years now with luck. Yeah. And it's just, it's just turned over so much. Um, and that defense has actually still been building and building and becoming a very strong unit. So I would go with the Colts. I, I would too. The team I would most be happy because I wouldn't want to necessarily reach for a defense unless I really didn't like the rest of the draft board would be the Washington football team. Uh, I think they are. I think they're loaded at every single position. Like they don't have a weak spot on their defense and they added to it at linebacker here in this last draft with yeah. uh, the kid from Kentucky, the linebacker. So I it was a Jevin, Jevin Davis, Jamin Davis, Jamin yeah. Davis. Thank you. Uh, I think he, you know, he's again, he's going to come into the league and be like a 90 tackle a game, a, a year guy already, but looking a little bit for value. I like it. I like new England a lot. I mean, it's Bill Belichick running the defense. So, you know, you're yeah, putting Matt your faith Judon. in Bill Belichick. But, yeah, look at the pieces they added. Matthew Judon, they're going to get back. Uh, Dante Hightower, who's the Stephon most under. Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore playing with a little more reason this year. You know, he's going to have a little more purpose playing behind them. Uh, they bring back uh, – what's the guy's name who went down to Miami? Um, ben Noy. Van Noy, Kyle, Kyle Van, Noy. Van Noy. He's yeah. coming back, playing in a system he won a Super Bowl in, won multiple Super Bowls in, yeah. uh, back in New England. And then if you're talking about late-round teams, just a surprising team, I like the Chargers because of their new head coach. Yeah. You know, Brandon Staley was a huge reason why the Rams were as good defensively as they are. And, yes, the you know the Chargers don't have the best personnel in defense, but they have a kind of an underrated defensive unit, but they're going to be led by a brilliant defensive mind. You know, if Kyle Shanahan and McVay – are to offense what they are to offense is what Brandon Staley is to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, just listened to an interview with him last week, and, and he's a really, really impressive guy. And I love his mindset about the game. Um, closing thoughts anything, advice that you would give to people drafting this year? Just maybe a, a little bit of draft philosophy that you have as we wrap up the pod here today. Do some mocks. It's, yeah, do mocks. Do some mocks. Get your friends together, get some mock drafts in. And um, I would say this, do not over drink before the draft. And if you're smart, <laughs> you get your friends going before the draft, you get them hyped up, maybe a couple shots for the first round, maybe shots for the second round. And then all of a sudden you do some water shots. Kickers. The yeah. Side, they're drafting kickers in yeah. the seventh and it's not even Tucker. And then everyone's making a run. So go out there, strategize, you know, who you're playing against play the man, play the man. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't let the board play you. Exactly right, Vito. You nailed it. Uh, no, just have a great time in your draft. I mean, we'll keep doing this uh, this this fantasy ranking stuff as we get closer to the season, I think. But mm -hmm. uh, study up in the summertime. That's what it's for. All right. Value your rookies. Uh, and take Patrick Mahomes if you have a freaking chance to take Patrick Mahomes. That's what I'll leave you with. Don't don't reach on somebody unless it's Patrick Mahomes as head of rookie running back Jonathan Taylor. That that's a good piece of advice there, Scotty. Uh, for you. me, I would just say like, don't be afraid to prepare a little bit, but also don't over prepare. You know, have a, a group of guys that you like. Um, you know, have a little board on you here. Pay attention to who kind of gets drafted, but you hit it on the head, Scotty. Have fun with it. You know, that's the reason we play fantasy. There's always money involved or bragging rights. Maybe you're in, you're in one of those leagues that you have to get a tattoo if you lose, in which case you better freaking prepare. You better be like locked and loaded on this thing. But the one piece of like serious advice would be try to stay one step ahead of the trends. Uh, and, and Vito just said it there, but you know, there will be these trends where it's like all of a sudden all of the kickers get taken off the board. You know, all the defenses get taken off the board. All the tight ends get taken off the board. If you can get a little bit ahead of them and even that like second tier of quarterbacks, all of them, if you can stay just a tad ahead of them, you'll be set up for success and draft running backs with your first two picks. Just, just get the running back position solidified and go from there. So, uh, boys, appreciate the time as always for Scotty, for Vito. I'm Jeff. Stay locked in. We're going to have another great pod coming out later on this week. And we'll talk to you then on the read option. Take it easy, everybody.